Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward and I am your host. I'm so excited to be bringing you season two, episode 12 with my good friend, Jason Burke. I met Jason through networking. He's a networking rock star. And Jason is the CEO of the High Performance Success Summit, an event expert. Jason Burke has 10 years of experience in this area and has produced and organized over 200 events since 2010. He's worked with top companies and people in the personal development space, business, real estate education, including but not limited to some of these crazy names, Brad Blazar, Bill Walsh, Linda Pilagas, Paul Fink, David Fagan, David Lindahl. Jason has a background in real estate and media, and he graduated from a local college. He graduated from Emerson College in Boston, Mass., with a bachelor's degree in journalism and a minor in entrepreneurship back in 2008. I'm going to dig into his journey and how he grew this High Performance Success Summit and his overall business, both in events and also pivoting to online events during the pandemic. In this episode, we're going to dig into all of it. Are you ready? I hope so. Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show, Jason. Happy to have you on the show. Hey, happy to be here, Matt. Thank you so much. Awesome. Right before we get into it, I just want to let everybody know that this episode is uh, sponsored by Duncan. Actually, not. It's just Matt runs on Duncan, not just America. So I just want to let everybody know that. So uh, I do accept gift cards. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Jason, in under 30 seconds, tell everybody what it is you do with your business. How do you earn a living? Well, what we do, uh, businesses, we do event coaching. So we help people do their events bigger and better. And so we help them really grow their events. We coach them through the process of doing that. And I put on my own high-performance assessment in real estate. That's the events as well. Okay, cool. Now, you've been doing this since 2010, as we mentioned in your bio. And I know when I met you, we talked a lot about events because I, I've been involved with events. I've run events myself. I've run in-person events. I've run virtual events and i've been a speaker at events both free and a paid speaker at events um the event industry as a whole is a challenging one right i mean i have found that when we run events that people will show interest but they won't necessarily commit right how is it that you've been able to build a business that gets people to actually show up to these events I think one of the things is you got to realize is the process is people will show interest and it depends if it's a free or paid event. And that's a really big difference because a free event, you got to realize 30% of the audience is really going to show up. So the points of have fallen up through email, following them up through a phone call or text message. That's why when you use sites like Eventbrite on your own website, you want to make sure you have 
have be able to capture their name, email, and phone number to give you three ways to follow up. And I see a lot of people sometimes just want to capture the email, but sometimes people will give a bogus email or a bad email. You want to have three ways to connect with them through text, through phone, through email, so you can confirm and have your team confirm them as you get closer to that, especially if it's a free event. Because if you have 100 registrations and a free event, the reality is you have 30 or 50. And you better make sure you call and confirm those people. Now, so the numbers you're seeing are less than half of actual free event registrations, less than half are showing up? That's what I've seen in the past in the industry standard. It's usually 30 to 50%. Mm -hmm. So if you have 200, the reality is you have probably 60 or 100. Yeah. So if it's a paid event, it's a lot higher because they're paying money. That money sticks them in. So skin in the game, right? Skin in the game. They put skin in the game. So I paid that $30. I paid that $200, whatever the event is. That keeps them there. So you're short, those rates are a lot higher, like around 80, 90% of those people are going to show up because they're paid to be there. And sometimes what you do is you do a free event just to get people a taste of what you're doing. And then you do a workshop, like a three-day event uh, where they pay to attend. So you lock the people in there serious to pay. And the free event just to kind of like filter people out. Is but that how you grew your business? Did you run free events and then go to paid yeah. events just like that? Yeah, I ran free events because I knew the back-end sales. And then a lot of times, especially in the Vegas market, one of the things we did was if we had a free event, we knew we had a sale in the back end. So we know if we had too many, so many people, if we had 50, 100, whatever that number is, we know the conversion of that speaker and what we're going to convert in the back end sales if it's that speaker selling. Or if we're going to do a free preview and then move that person into a three-day boot camp or seminar, we know mm -hmm. what the conversions are going to be. And that's where you got to know the model of that and how that works because you can use free preview events to get people enough information to want to go to the paid event but you better have a paid event on the back end that's going to really monetize for you or if you're going to do a free event then you better have an offer that you know based on your close percentages as a speaker what you're going to make after that free event so let's go back to 2010 when you started doing this right you were just a, a baby event producer you're trying to figure it all out right what was the biggest thing you learned back in 2010, 2011 about this business and how you would grow your business? I think one of the things, first of all, is I got into this business in 2010 by accident because I wasn't really planning on it. I went to the second Las Vegas Real Estate Insights Club meeting, the guy running Glen Plantone. He was stepping down, so I volunteered to take over the group. And then I remember the first meeting we were going to a group. I had partners at the time, he, Frank and Sifia. Cynthia was driving the car, it was hot in Vegas, over 100 degrees, and the car broke down with the food in the back. <laughs> and then we had to have a friend pick us up, Khalid, to get us there. We were the last ones to hand off hand off the to get to the event. And so, yeah, I know. It was the first event we were doing, but it was the first, we were the last ones there, and they're helping us out with the food. And once that was done, I really made it my own and got to learn how to run, first of all, networking events and media events and booking the speakers because the way Glenn did it, he had like four or five small speakers. But I ended up changing that mall to one main speaker so people can focus on one topic and learn one really important thing instead of like four or five small mini ones. And then I got the chance to work with people like Paul Fink and Mac Paul Fink and Dave Lindell some of those guys. And Dave, I attended his events in Massachusetts before I went to Vegas, so I had a relationship already there. So let me go back to that because it sounds like one pivot you made when you started building out this business was you you made an adjustment from a multiple speaker, multiple content focused event 
to a single speaker, single content piece per yeah. event. What did that do for your business as a whole? It made it easier to run because the fact is I was finding out with these multi with the multi speaker, like he's, the way he had it set up was like 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't efficient enough because then some of the speakers weren't showing up on time. You would have to time them out and then some go a little longer. Yeah. I felt it was easier on the marketing side just to push one topic and one. We're going to learn this topic today. We're going to learn from this speaker or maybe it's a team where they one person takes one part of the presentation, someone else is taking another, but it's more focused. Yeah. It's more focused than spread out. Because if you have five topics, that can get a little messy. That can get a little, you know, unless you're doing it as a multi-speaker event and it's planned out where you have people speaking for 30 and 60 minute slots, that's totally different. But when you're doing a meetup or a type of event that maybe only one or two hours, you really just want to have one speaker. You don't want to have like four or five people and that just crazy. So talk about the the changes and the transitions that you've made as a business owner in your business over the last 10, 11 years. What were the big shifts for you as you started to grow your business? Well, the big shifts were this. When I started out, I was doing real estate, really networking events and re-events. And then I shifted off into seminars and workshops. And I was running those events on monthly re-events meeting basis and then started doing two or three day workshops and seminars and then 2014 was another shift because i met this gentleman called bill walsh and he had these power team international events so i took over bill's organization in las vegas and what i did was i ran the entrepreneur event events that's why i started getting more into personal development space and i was running these really entrepreneur events where we had these multiple panels we had bill speaking we had some of the top thought leaders really speaking like mark victor hansen and those guys i started getting to network with those i started running some mastermind events with power team international and everything again that and then i got plugged in and then another shift came as i met some more people in like 2017 i had done bill events for like three or four years and i decided to create my own event and really go into a multi-speaker event type of style, which was a new shift for me in 2018 is when I launched a high performance assessment. And that was a multi-speaker event. We did about 20 or 30 speakers at first event. And then we shifted after that first event, we shifted it back down to about six or eight because we realized that was a little too much. Mm -hmm. We kept it about six or eight and we did some more live events. And then the shift, naturally, because of the pandemic, because we had to shift everything online. Yeah. And that took a couple of months because we had to get used to the new technology. I got taught myself how to use Zoom and how to run the events on virtually so we could do the multi-speaker events virtually from Zoom. And we'd have everyone come on. We use Zoom meeting at first, and then we transitioned to Zoom webinar. And we've done all – now we've been doing all virtual for a little while, and we're going to get back to doing some live events in 2022. But so I've had different shifts as we've gone through the years and how I've grown the business and how I've had to shift. So what makes you shift, Jason? When you look at when you look at what your business is doing now, what makes you decide to shift? I think you have to look at what's working right now in the marketplace and also where you want to go strategically, because as you grow as a person, you develop you. You have different ideas and different thoughts of how you want to do things uh-huh. and how you want to grow grow that business or how you want to make changes in your business. So for us, we were shifting from doing networking events to re-events to multi-speak events. 
now I'm going to be launching boot camps for my own coaching, which is something new that we're coming out with. We're coming out with a virtual boot camp. And so as you grow and you evolve and you get more experience, you, you find out what works and what doesn't. And then you can shift based on what's going to work best for you and your business, basically. Talk and to me a little bit more. about your, your, your own personal, um, you know, business management style for your own business, right? Do you take time uh, to think about your business introspectively to, to have yeah. sort of quiet time thinking about your business? Do you journal? What ways do you... Uh, and what tactics do you use to kind of look at whether or not it's time to pivot? Okay, I do take time especially to look at. I do watch uh, educational classes and stuff, and I take notes, and then I'll, I'll journal at times and think about, okay, this is going really well, but I really want to go here, and I want to shift this here, and this is what the steps we have to do to shift this in this direction, and this is the time it's going to take. And I found out as I've learned more and increased my knowledge in certain areas, it's helped me shift more effectively, be more strategic in my thought process and how I want to grow yeah. and how I want to take those steps and into it. So taking that time, I think one of the great things about the pandemic is it almost forced people to take time really. And yeah. And, you know, there's months. a Jason, there's a lot of people in, in, in their business right now that have thought about events. They've thought about virtual events. They've thought about live events. They might not be thinking about live events now due to the pandemic, but maybe they put them on hold and they're going to go back to them. Um, they're probably afraid. They have imposter syndrome. They're afraid to fail, right? They're afraid that they can't pull it off. They're not sure of themselves. Um, there's a lot of people out there that would help them. But for the people that that don't want the help, the people that are willing to take the risk, right? Um, what would you say the biggest thing that they could do that you've learned, and I'm not just talking about as an event coach, but I'm talking about you doing events. What have you learned about doing events that you could share with these people that makes it worth the risk for them? I think you got to have clearly in mind what the reward is and you, what is your goal and what's the reward that is. So, for example, if you're doing a workshop event, let's start there, and you're doing a boot camp, well, the reward is getting more clients and more revenue for your business and more clients that you impact and serve and give more revenue. You have to have the end clearly in mind with a live event and what you want to really achieve and get out of that live event. So you got to work from the end in mind and work backwards with the steps you gonna need to pull it off. So say if you do a multi-speaker event and your goal is, okay, I want to have so many speakers, but I want to get my speakers so much revenue in sales. Or I get them so many more new clients and I want to sign up so many more new clients myself. You got to look at the end in mind and then go backwards. If you're doing your own boot camp. You know, okay, what are my costs? What is the end goal? What's the revenue? What, how many new clients am I going to acquire? How many new partnerships am I going to acquire? So I think having the end of mind working backwards works really well. Some people just go into the event but don't have a clear vision what the end result's going to be. Because if you have a clear vision what the end result's going to be, you can work backwards to, to build the steps you need to achieve that vision and what you want to do with that event. What's the number one marketing strategy you used in your business to grow? What's the number one marketing strategy I've used? I'd probably say networking has been my number one almost mm. strategy, especially in the Vegas market. I networked at a lot of events and built a lot of relationships by doing that and did a lot of referral networking referrals because one of the things I've been really good at is connecting people with other people that mm -hmm. are a good fit. 
and refer them out to people, which builds relationships for you because you're connecting someone that's actually a valuable connection. That is that they're going to want to reciprocate at some point down the road because you right. connected with someone that makes that's worked for them. And I did that really well. And in, in, how much in networking a, do you actually do, Jason? I do. I did a lot like when I was in Vegas. I went to events at least two, three times a week, give and take. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the event networking now has been virtual. I've got out to some live events in Massachusetts. I mean, I went to your event, actually. You hosted graciously yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I've been to Jeff's event. Yeah. Because those are some of the live events that I've actually seen spring back up. A lot of the stuff I've had to network because of the virus has been mostly virtual. You right. Know? Right. But I think when you build- But even with the virtual, how often are you doing it now? I mean, you're in Massachusetts now, so- Yeah, I'm doing it probably like once a week, once uh-huh. twice a week. And I have my contacts and database that I built throughout the nation. I'm always connecting, networking, and checking in when for updating. Or sometimes I'm feeding them and connecting them with resources that'll be good for their events or their business as well. So, Jason, I- how do you how do you find networking events? It depends on the goal. I mean that there's some networking events out there that are really good, and then some that aren't. It depends on what the goal you have going into that networking event is. But how do you Before find them? Build build relationships and get leads basically um it depends how the person runs and structures the event can make or break that networking event mm-hmm. and it depends on the format of that networking event is it just like well come here and network and that if you foster the right interaction it can be really awesome if you foster the wrong interaction it, it's not as great you know yeah so that's the outcome but how do you actually find the events to go to Oh, I can find, you can find events on Eventbrite. You can find events on Meetup. You can find events through Chamber events. You can mm-hmm. BNI events. You can find different events if you just do some Google searches and go into Meetup and type in Boston networking events or whatever market you're in. You can easily find Meetup groups and to network and go to and, and connect with people based on your interest and what you do. You can go on Eventbrite, type in the topic and find those. You can go to LinkedIn because people are now advertising LinkedIn events. And you sometimes yeah. you'll get invitations to go to those events. Right. So there's multiple ways to find events to go to. And I mean, I think bottom line is it's it's about taking action to find the events, right? Yes. What action are you as a business owner doing to do the research to find events? And one of the things I recommend people do is when they have a one-to-one networking call, they ask a simple question. They say, hey, where are you networking? And you're going to hear from other people how they're finding networking events. And then you can share how you're finding your networking events. It's really just having dialogue with other people to connect around this idea of a common thing, which is these networking events, right? And if you're talking to a networker, then I think that's going to produce results. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're talking to someone that's networking and out there and you ask them how they're finding their events... That's actually how I found your event. I was talking to Doug at uh, Jeff's event. Oh, Doug Consult. Yeah, and Jeff yeah, and that's how I found out about your event. And that's yeah. why I went to that event. And I found out a couple more events while I was talking to someone else too. So yeah. you're right. You can always find out through different people what events they're attending, what events they're going on. And you can find out events that sometimes are not advertised in the general public or you may not be aware of. Yeah, because, I mean, I think event producers like yourself and myself and Jeff DeSocio – um, we put our stuff out there, but we can't possibly put it everywhere. So we do the best to get it out there, but it might not be on a channel that someone lives on or whatever. So I think sharing is caring. 
Yeah, as they always say. And so it's a matter of doing that. You know, there's a couple of questions I always ask my podcast guests when they come on, and I love to have them share the knowledge of business. Um, not including software that you use to run your, you know, to, to do what you do per se. What business software would you recommend to another solopreneur or small business owner that they get a hold of and try out because it will help change their life and their business? What business software can you not live without? I would say try Keep. Uh, Keep oh. is great. It used to be known as the Fusionsoft. Uh, you can start out with the Keep Pro version. Uh, I have a contact in there called Darren Adams. Um, it's really great because you can do multiple things. You can do broadcast. You can you can have scheduling. You can have business line, which is really good. Also, you can also do text message marketing as well, which is great. You can track the data and results, and you have templates to create that you can use, or you can customize your own templates. So Keep is a really good software that definitely can help upgrade someone's business, especially if you, you have a list, you want to send out messages, you want to segment that list. Now, if you're starting out and you're just getting going, you start in a meetup group is another great way too, because what it does is it gets you starting to build a community and meetup will push it out to the city that you have it in. Right. And then as you're building that community, the most important thing is you want to make sure people are opting into your database too. So make sure they have a link to opt into your database and link. But those are two resources that I yeah. think business owners can use. One, if they're more advanced or they have a little bit of experience, Meetup if you're basically starting out, or you can use it if you're not. Yeah. Those two keep a Meetup are really good. Yeah, so for those of you that didn't catch it because the signal was breaking up a little bit, it's Keep, K-E-A-P. It's the new version yeah. of Infusionsoft for small business owners and low-cost provider for CRM and automation and contact management. So that's a great one. The next question, Jason, I've got for you, and my final question of the day is business books. What business books would you recommend other people read that might help their growth as a small business owner? Well, there's multiple ones, but I'll say start with the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Robert Kiyosaki book. I think that was one of my first foundational books um, that you read. I read also Warren Buffett, even if you can get the towel, Warren Buffett. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a great business book as well. Um, there is uh, Napoleon's Hills, Hills books, are always a great Think and Grow Rich, yeah. Think and yep. Grow Rich. Those are some good, good books to really start with and grow your business. And then you can get into different books depending on the topics that you want to really learn and dive into. Mm -hmm. Those are nice foundational books, especially someone just starting in business to help them switch that mindset from employee mindset to a business owner. Absolutely. Which is always the challenge, right? Because when people leave the corporate world, they're looking for three things, more money, more time, and more freedom. And so the education side of business books are really there to help us get that foundation like you talk about, get that mindset, and then start to grow and fill in those pieces. Um, it's been great having you on the show, Jason. How can people, if they want to network with you, they want to learn more about what it is you do with your High Performance uh, Success Summit, can, how would they get in touch with you? In what ways can they do that? Well, there's a couple of different ways. One, they can, uh, they can go to our website, www.hbsuccess.com. Be all the information there. They can also text message me at 702-300-6690. Uh, they can also email me at jason at hbsuccess.com. So there's three ways to get in touch with me. Uh, so go to our website, check out our event coaching, our upcoming events. You can text message me or you can email me. But I do, do look forward to helping people on their journey with uh, growing their events.
Absolutely. And and for those listeners and YouTube viewers, we're going to make sure that we have all those links in the show notes and the contact data in the show notes. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app on your phone, make sure that you subscribe. Leave a rating for us. We'd love to see that climb up in the ratings. We'd certainly be deeply appreciated for any five-star reviews uh, that you would put on there. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you smash that subscribe button and hit the notification so you get notified of all our new episodes that are coming out each and every business day. Until next time, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, All Rights Reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Feeling all right. High five the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High five the world. Make a difference today. High five the world. What a thing to say. Do you feel what I'm telling you? There's really nothing to it. It's just an attitude.